when something actually occurs, um, pressure is applied to areas that, that may be limited in staff. Um, some high priority issues may get left behind. So um, again, this is, a, this is where having a process is important, very useful, uh, but you also need to be ready to adapt it. Welcome to the PreparedX podcast, your complete source for crisis, emergency, business continuity and security preparedness interviews, news, and much more. Now, your host, he creates chaos for a living, Rob Burton. That was a short clip from Ed Eaton and my interview with Ed with regards to enhancing response organization effectiveness uh, through the use of monitoring and corrective action uh, processes. Um, and so great interview. It's a, t it's, a so it's a topic that we've not touched on before. Um, so I had a good, uh, good chat with Ed with regards to uh, this and had some of his experience. Um, uh, Ed talks a little bit about his background uh, in the Navy and then all his experience since then in helping organizations uh, prepare for a variety of different threats and uh, business interruptions. So um, this one uh, was all about uh, monitoring that team and making sure that um, you know we can improve on those processes as we respond to um, emergencies. Um, so here's episode uh, 68 of the PreparedX podcast and my interview with Ed Eaton. Well, good morning, Ed. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, Rob. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Well, um, I'm, pleased to, I'm pleased that you could take the time today. I know we worked together um, quite some time ago, and um, ever since we've obviously stayed in touch. So um, it's good to have you uh, on the podcast finally. So I'm looking forward to this today. Yes, thank you. Uh, and just before we get started, Ed, just for the audience, if you could give a little background on yourself and your career to date, that would be great. Sure. Well, um, I'm a consultant and, uh, and have been so since, uh, since about 1993. Um, before that, I was, uh, was in the U.S. Navy as a supply officer, and, uh, and that's really where I, I, I uh, received my first exposure to uh, real exercises, repetition, um, serious effort uh, uh, to improve uh, team function. Um, and, and seeing how that was and then experiencing that uh, certainly helped plant seeds that, uh, that we're talking about uh, today. Sure, yeah. So, yeah, great, great subject today. And um, as the introduction um, was all about, um, you know, en enhancing or, as I mentioned in the introduction, uh, this, you know, podcast being about the effectiveness of an organization through, uh, you know, monitoring and um, the corrective action process. So as it relates to your exposure to this um, on the civilian side of the fence, so to speak, Ed, what's, what, what was your first exposure to this? Well, um, I, I've had uh, an opportunity to work with a lot of, of very experienced folks. Um, I was with a company called NSAFE for about 10 years. And during that time, uh, in the late 90s, uh, had a colleague, uh, Frank Benkalowicz, um, who was, uh, had spent some time with BP um, during the uh, post-Open 90 uh, timeframe, if, uh, if, if people remember that. 
when the, the oil industry really had developed um, a, a robust capability to respond to incidents. And, and part of that was having enough people with experience and a, and a, uh, a clear process so that they would have um, people that could observe, coach, and, and correct error um, as it was developing across uh, the, 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 the number of teams and the geography of a response. Sure. Uh, so it was important to have that corrective uh, capability um, uh, plugged in. And, and talking with him, he, he gave me um, a lot of uh, of insight, of his insight over that uh, over the time that I worked with him. Sure, that's great. I'm sure that was a you know great experience as well. Um, and so both of our practices, I know from PreparedX's standpoint and what you do, um, you know, both working with all kinds of different organizations, certainly uh, some larger organizations as well. I know both, uh, you know, PreparedX and and your consulting firm Ed have worked with some big uh, businesses and, and continue to do so. Do so, you know, you know those organizations with you know global uh, footprints. Um, so, you know, between the two organizations, I know we've probably seen a lot of different uh, uh, processes, different uh, types of response uh, organizations, uh, some well-oiled, um, you know, more oiled than others, so to speak. Um, and, um, you know, others, um, you know, simply, you know, getting themselves um, into a position where, you know, they're, they're, you know, they're better prepared. So, you know, moving towards, you know, uh, that, that, you know, that better capability, but always practicing, right? So w what's your experience there? as well well um certainly it's it uh that that's what i do so uh the, most of most of the clients that i work with uh, exercises are a big component of of, uh, of that involvement sure and and the way that the different companies and institutions get organized um is certainly reflective of their culture um as is the way they uh, practice and rehearse to, to be prepared. Um, you know, the one thing that I would say is absolute in terms of, of uh, what I've seen is that no two companies, no two institutions uh, function in exactly the same way. Sure. Uh, there's lots of variation, and it depends upon a number of things, their risk appetite, um, how disciplined they are in process, um, how how uh, how much they have a consistent um, uh, management team. There's a lot of organizations that they can keep moving people around. So um, when you have a temporary organization like an emergency response team, sure. um, that they're only brought together when there's a problem. Um, you know, there's going to be a different way that they do that. So. Um, you know, it, it is very interesting. Yeah, so as we drill down here, uh, specifically in this podcast, and, and look at troubleshooting team processes during a response, right? And so that could be, you know, a crisis management team at a corporate level, right? An emergency response team, as you mentioned. Could be a cyber response team, right? Could be any of those uh, teams. And uh, and again, you know, anywhere in the organization, you know, and, and doing that through observation, through recognizing and improving on those processes. And um, so the, I guess the first question, Ed, really is, you know, what type of structures, processes, and challenges are we talking about? 
well, okay, well, there's a lot there. So we'll unpack that uh, maybe one, one line at a time. Uh, in terms of structure, uh, which is, you know, as, as we, we agree on, um, and I know we've talked about, you know, multi-tiered structures so that there's a, an, a, a team that may be focused on the enterprise or the institution level uh, problems, that strategic senior team um, that's looking at a specific scale of, of the problem. Um, and then you may have multiple teams between them and the and the real problem, which may be a, you know, um, tactically uh, addressed by a local team, um, and then have country or region teams sure. uh, or business unit teams that are then in support of them. So they all have a different focus, and 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 dealing with that. And so in each one of those focus areas will will play out with a different pace. And so they have to interact and they have to, to set up some type of operational rhythm mm -hmm. so that they can establish uh, a, a series of meetings and and um, and just basically uh, share information, share their understanding of the problem. Uh, and then define the various levels of response to that. Um, you know, one of the things that we you know, we talked about as we were preparing for this, you know, is looking at a site team that has a very focused uh, um, task mm -hmm. in looking at, you know, life safety, um, uh, you know, cutting off um, utilities, um, evacuating buildings, those kinds of things. That they have a very, very different focus than, say, a, a corporate team that's worried about. Well, we, you know, we may not have this capability right now, and now we're going to have, you know, energy. We need to be able to to talk about this in the press. We sure. need to be able to talk about this with our with our stockholders. There's a lot that that has to happen, and and you want that to be seamless, um, but you know that. You, you know, you don't activate for these things uh, uh, on a continual basis. Right. You, you may get uh, teams to practice twice a year, uh, once a year in a in a you know in a good exercise, and so there just isn't that repetition to know exactly how things need to be adjusted. Sure. So so having some way of of uh, observing. The monitoring, and then and you know finding places where uh, the oil is it hasn't quite gotten to the uh, to the gears, and saying all right let, let's let's massage this. What, what can we do to to uh, to make sure this information is getting uh, to the right location? Making sure that this process is involving uh, th these people that we're not overloading this other group of people that. You know, for one reason or another, the way this particular problem plays out is putting stress, putting pressure, or maybe they just don't have their normal, um, uh, you know, the, the normal uh, suite of people that they would that they would uh, operate with. So there's lots of dynamics that right. go on, and, um, and and you know what we're trying to uh, to talk about is right. How, how do you do that? How, how do you 
how do you adapt your organization based upon um, a dynamic emerging uh, situation that's causing some type of emergency or disruption? You know, how do you adjust your team process? Sure. And and who and how do you do that? Um, so. Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's an interesting it's an interesting idea. And um, I've seen certain people do that. And certainly there's a lot of discussion these days about agile and about adaptive processes, which I think are, are um, you know, certainly appropriate to this subject. Sure. Uh, and so what specific elements can lead to a breakdown during the response then? I'm sure there's, there's, there could be, you know, potentially quite a lot. But, um, you know, what are, you know, there's some common um, areas that can break down. I, I think so, at least from, from my experience in, in observing uh, exercises and putting them together, you're trying to stress those, those areas. And, and I would say that, that most breakdowns come in two flavors, uh, you know, two big areas. One is the capacity of the team, um, and, and the other relates to uh, the processes and, and how people have been trained. Um, oftentimes, and, and I'm sure that you've seen this, that, that there is uh, a consistency in the way that exercises are done and the training is done so that the same assumptions are being made year after year. Mm-hmm. And when something actually occurs, it, it may not follow that, that same uh, uh, you, you know, logic. And so now you have something new and you have to adapt to that um and so certainly you want to be able to have some variability even in training uh that way that um people are more nimble and ready to look in different ways absorb information uh and then you know kick off their kick off their processes sure on the capacity issue um it you know you need to have clear roles and responsibilities you need to have enough people that um, th- that learn and are able to practice to activate and manage a multi-day event. Uh, the, 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 I think the latest I've heard is is uh, disruptions last on average four and a half days, and, mm-hmm. and I think that may be um, most organizations aren't going to ever experience that. But that's the that that's kind of a a good. Uh, um, you know, timeline that you should be thinking of in terms of resources. So, um, you know, that, but the reality of organizations, I work with a number of lean organizations mm-hmm. um, and they don't have the bench strength, you know, to be able to fill roles for, for, you know, that amount of time. Sure. And, and so when something actually occurs, um, pressure is applied to areas that, that may be limited in staff. Um, some high priority issues may get left behind. So, um, again, this is, a, this is where having a process is important, very useful, uh, but you also need to be ready to adapt it. Sure, yeah, I think that we also see that as well. You know, you mentioned the roles there being film, uh, filled. Um, you know, we, we seem to have a primary leader for that role. Um, you know, many of the exercises um, 
you know, similar to your experience as well, is you know there may be a backup identified, but you know quite often, you know that backup is, is not taken through the same rigorous training and exercises as as a primary lead, um, and you know that that's commonly you know um, you know an, uh, an issue that gets identified um, during exercises. Is that your experience as well? Yes, um, especially. Uh, in, in terms of major exercises, uh, you you simply don't get the repetition. Um, now, certain organizations, you know, that becomes part of their culture. I've actually uh, worked with one organization that, uh, you know, one of their major objectives for for a year for the annual exercise was to expand their bandwidth, expand their bench strength, and so they took people that had filled that lead role in the past and made them monitors and coaches so that they were then able to help um, and, uh, you know, bring along uh, someone that hadn't had enough sure. as much experience as they did so that they're building that capability uh, and building the capacity to, to put in play if um, and when something uh, requires them to activate their team. So, so how can organizations address uh, some of these challenges then, Ned? Well, I mean, as I've seen uh, a variety of things, and we've talked about it, you know, that there there are three basic uh, ways of of looking at it. You know, one would be to have an internal troubleshooter, uh, and that may be someone that is a plan owner, might be a, a trainer, or someone in that capacity. Uh, that's very familiar with the process, that's familiar with the people that are involved. And that internal person would then have sway, not in driving things, but in observing um, and in identifying uh, areas of dysfunction and, and then being able to exert some influence over correcting that as, uh, as the periodic process um, moves on. Sure. You know, in 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 another uh, way of doing that is to have an external troubleshooter, whether that's a a um, you know a local consultant or or someone that's helped you in uh, in putting together your your um, your processes and teams uh, that that would be able to come in and uh, and and play that same role, knowledgeable of your team, knowledgeable of the process. And, and then has a broader level of experience in in seeing uh, um, incidents or emergencies and and um, and how teams uh, can address them. Yeah, I think that's a good one. I, I like the idea of um, this, the, or the the notion of having someone, whether it's from your industry or from your business community that you've been working with, um, you know, on the wider preparedness program, if you will, for a community. I think that's a great idea to bring someone in um, to have that, you know, third set of eyes to kind of take a look at it as you go through um, either an event or, you know, hopefully during exercises as well to just start off with. Uh, and that's similar to what I've seen as well. Um, I've certainly seen um, an internal auditor function, although you know there's a different uh, agenda for for an auditor. So um, although right. it, although it is yeah, al although it is a perspective, though I think it's a good it's a, certainly a good perspective to have um, because it's you know again it's a different perspective, right? Um, and uh, and although they may not be familiar with all of the processes as it relates to. 
the program, uh, they certainly would have a, a perspective that um, may be of some value. So I think that's an interesting one. And again, from the you know, I've seen also as well, um, you know, external uh, counsel um, as also external. Um, you know, I think uh, one of the big, uh, well, one of the big four uh, accounting firms um, have been sat there. You know, they've been part of uh, the development of um, you know some por portion of the program. It may have been the cyber function, but you may be going through a crisis uh, management exercise, and you know they've been brought in. Um, you know, as a again a third set of eyes. So, I've, you know, I've seen it done a couple of different ways, but I certainly um, I do think and I do uh, believe in in your. Uh, statement there with regards. So it needs to be somebody who's very familiar, um, you know, with the system and with the process, uh, but is, you know, is looking at, you know, the finer details, if you will, because as we get stuck into these events and we get stuck into our, you know, our briefing cycles, as you mentioned earlier on in the, uh, in the interview, you know, we're just dealing with, you know, what's right in front of us. So it's having that thousand foot view, as I like to say, or the 10,000 foot view, you know, someone that can take a, right. ste take a step back and say, well, you know, this 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 could move smoother. Um, and again, it's, this is you know probably um, in addition to your evaluation that's going on from an exercise evaluation standpoint, right? You know, this is someone that's really looking at the process. Yes, right. And 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 I think you've seen. I know um, it, it's been interesting to see in some of the large responses. Say, um, Hurricane Harvey comes to mind. Um, I think that it was either the state of Texas or or the, uh, the the EMA at uh, at Houston actually brought in someone else just to um, be the monitor in terms of an after action review. Sure. So you know the, the idea of having others assist you with evaluation is um, you know is pretty common uh, even in the emergency world. Um, and what we're talking about is just kind of shifting that. A little bit in in uh, in using that as a troubleshooting kind of um, uh, kind of role. Sure, sure. This is interesting. Again, in the uh, agile system, I don't know how many people are familiar with that, but uh, but there's this concept of adaptiveness, right? So that you're changing things, right? Um, you know, in terms of you know, let's look at what has happened in the past. Let's adjust our process and then go forward in, you know, for our next period of time. And, and so what we're thinking of and, and will work, will certainly uh, contribute, is taking that same kind of idea and applying it to this troubleshooter role. Um, now, there's one other way of, of addressing this, and I've tried to uh, work with some of my clients on doing it, and that is to identify a period of time where there's a self-evaluation self and, and a correction uh, process that's built in to their periodic uh, set of meetings so that after uh, uh, gatherings or, and sometimes before, that there's um, direct private communications between the, the, the leadership teams of the two or three various organizations say what's working, what's not working. Sure. Let's make sure that we're getting our communications, that we're getting our information, that we're making sure that people are on the same page in terms of 
um, the, the key factors, right? Yep. So what, what is our understanding of the problem? What is our strategy to address it? You know, what, what are the t- key timelines in terms of speaking, in terms of actions, in terms of um, getting together and collaborating with other organizations so that we can really <clears throat> achieve our goals and, and keep this, you know, process moving professionally and, uh, you know, and, you know, that's the goal is, is to is to address it appropriately and professionally. And, um, you know, the, the, this idea is uh, w- which is still in play. Right. People are right. still developing that idea. Um, but uh, hopefully it helps them achieve what they want to achieve. Yeah, I think it's a great example of that as well in the Chilean miners, um, you know, the trapped miners that um, I think it was back in 2010. Uh, we had the 69 uh, trapped miners underground, uh, or 60, 69 days. The the miners were trapped under the down, underground, and sure. and right. you know there was a lot happening above the ground from leadership. But um, you know they were adapting to the situation, right? The different dynamics that were going on, and so I think there's a great uh, harvest. Uh, I think it's a Harvard Business Review. Uh, I think we've we've commented and used it before in some trainings. It's a great document. Um, to look at um, from a leadership stand, from a crisis leadership standpoint, because it has you know a lot of what we're talking about today, um, a lot of lessons, a lot of great real life lessons, and of course that turned out to be um, you know a success in the end, um, having you know all the miners come up uh, safe after you know some almost seventy days. So, but um, if you've uh, for the audience, if you're not uh, if you've not read that one, I think uh, the Harvard Biz- Business Review has a, a great paper on the Chilean um, mining, uh, what was almost a disaster, but turned out to be a success. Well, um, yes, but I'm sure that there was a lot of angst and, and, uh, and challenge that was, uh, uh, that had to be dealt with over those, over that uh, period of time. So all of the things that we would think about in terms of a crisis response. So you just staffing, right? Making right. sure that you're able to communicate um, who's talking to families, right. you know, who's talking to the press, who's talking to the government and in, in, uh, whether it's a regulator or whether in that case, it was very, very different because um, uh, uh, just the way that, that uh, mining in, uh, operates there. Yeah. So yeah. I think there was a great, absolutely all those functions. Yeah. I think there was a very interesting period of time where they brought in different experts to talk about um, how to get the miners out. And they even had, um, some really young, you know, the, the other young um, person who came in and had, you know, he was allowed to give his thoughts and they had experts, you know, expert miners come in from all over the world and, and give their perspective as well. So, you know, it was this, you know, idea, they almost have a, had an idea hub, um, you know, of, you know, how are we going to kind of, you know, work through this. So it was, you know, very interesting, right. all those different dynamics that were going on. Um, Ed, yes, Ed, and there are lots of examples. Yes, there are. Yes. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, Ed, um, this is uh, this has been very interesting. We've we've not we've never touched on this before, so I think it's going to be uh, very well received. But um, uh, before we do, uh, you know, sign off here, Ed, have you got any final comments? And also, uh, where can our listeners get a hold of you if they want to follow on with any questions or comments? Um, well, I'll give you an email address that you can put out um, with. Uh, with the information. Okay. Um, it's uh, ed.eaton at warnergllc.com. It's the easiest um, easiest email that I have. Okay. Great. 
And, uh, and, um, and you're on LinkedIn. And, you're on LinkedIn as now as well. So we'll add that. I think we'll add that. Yes, in, I am. The, in the bottom I am. On, I yeah. am on LinkedIn. Yeah. Yes. And any final comments? Um, just that, that, you know, everyone has to deal with these things, understanding how to shape your organization and understanding how to, to correct in the middle of, of what could be an extended process. Um, you know, that if you're able to do that, if you're able to have that nimbleness uh, uh, built in, then, then you're going to have a, a more smoothly running organization and, uh, and hopefully get to uh, achieve your goals and, uh, and keep everyone safe and, and keep your organization um, moving in the direction that you want. Perfect. Well, great way to end um, the um, podcast today. So, again, appreciate your time, Ed, and look forward to speaking to you again soon. Yes, thanks, Rob. Appreciate it. Take care. Have a great, great day. You too. Bye. Well, that's it for episode 68 of the Prepared X podcast. Thanks for joining us again. Um, like always, if you could uh, share this uh, podcast with uh, your network, we'd really appreciate that. Um, we'd appreciate your feedback as well on uh, whichever channel you're listening to this on. Uh, we'd really appreciate any comments or any feedback that you have and uh, any suggestions. So until next time, thanks for listening. <laughs>